This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Well, a happy motherfucking Friday! First one of summer. Welcome to After Nine, everybody. We, uh, first and foremost, I got a lot of DMs from people yesterday that had trouble downloading the episode. And it's weird because it worked fine for me on my end. But if you ever have issues, occasionally Apple Podcasts does, sometimes Google. Spotify is pretty consistent. If you're not getting the good download on Apple or Google, just try Spotify or just wait. It's usually just a processing error. Is it downloading or streaming or is it both? I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was hard to tell, but I heard from enough okay. people that I realized there must be an issue, and nearest I can tell, it was an Apple issue. So hopefully you're, well, you are listening to this, so thank you for doing that. You did it. It's Friday, <laughs> so Dave Blizzard joins oh. us. Hi, Dave. Hello, friends. How are you? Okay. You a little busy? A lot on the go? Always. Always busy. Always, Always. busy. Don't even bother asking that. <laughs> <laughs> One day you should just be like, nothing going on? And I hope the answer is yes. Uh, this weekend, Dave's doing something great. He's testing the limits of Junior Jays as a very young infant is going to be a member of the Junior Jays. Yeah, this is awesome. That was my Father's Day gift is uh, I'm being taken to the Jays game on Sunday. Uh, and Ellie That's <laughs> is going to run the bases. I'm throwing gigantic so- <laughs> air quotes around that because she can't walk. Uh, she's only four months old. She so. barely can crawl. Yeah. Yeah. No, she can't even crawl. She can roll. Oh. That's it. That's she it. could roll the bases. She roll the She'd bases. be there all afternoon. <laughs> take a really long. The groundskeepers are like, oh, is this baby still not between first and second? Oh, it's still going. Might still be able to beat Alejandro Kirk, though. Uh, yes, it would be close. It would be <laughs> a photo finish if they had to race the bases. Uh, I don't what know. What a like, slap in the face to Kirk. Yeah. We're going to put you against a newborn. <laughs> see how it do both. And, and to make it fair, they both have to roll and see see how it goes. Uh, yeah, she's doing stomach to back and back to stomach now. So eventually she'll she'll get there. All right, great. Um, first and foremost, let's get on the same page. Are we sad? Or are we morbidly curious about the implosion of a submarine under the pressure of the ocean at 13,000 feet? That submersible wasn't even there. The whole countdown to whether or not we're going to find them before they run out of oxygen never mattered. It it was already blown up by the time we heard about it. Yeah, it was gone. It was gone. Just crushed. It's... uh, the pressure of the ocean is wild, and, and I learned a few things about that. So I'm going to give you guys just a couple of stats before we talk about the end of this. What the hell do we call it? It's uh, um, Ocean Expedition. O- ocean Gate. Is it Ocean Gate? Is that what they call it? I hate it? that, it by the way. It actually is Stop ocean. calling everything Gate. Isn't it actually Ocean? No, I think that's the name of the company. Ocean Gate is the company, though. Oh, well, okay. Well, <laughs> so we're going to keep calling <laughs> Can it Can we give really? it a pass? Is it really? It really is. is. Honestly, Honest ocean to goodness, Gate? it's called Ocean Gate. That's oh. the company. Yes. So a couple of things. They had a nuclear submarine expert weigh in on this. They say when a submarine hull collapses, it moves inward at 1,500 miles per hour. That's 2,200 feet per second. One millisecond it took for that submarine to completely implode. They say the human brain responds instinctually to stimulus at about 
25 milliseconds. Human rationale's response, that sense to reason to action, at best, is 150 milliseconds. The air inside the sub has got a big concentration of hydrocarbon vapors. So when the hull collapsed, it behaved like a large piston on a diesel engine. Basically, it squished down to a blob of goo, everyone inside, in in less than a second, a fraction of a second. These people that unfortunately met their end down there, although they signed up and agreed to do that, Mm -hmm. basically, they wouldn't even have known it was coming. Unless there was, um, they could hear the sub like, ooh, is that a crack or whatever? Just a pinhole could have caused this to happen, so they likely were just gone and had no idea. Their brain couldn't even process what was going on before they were already completely wiped out. Yeah. I was really, I mean, I've been into this thing since since the beginning because I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating that people are willing to do it. So the fact that so many people with so much money and, you know, everybody has something to lose, but especially that wanted to do this. It's like, it, it blows my mind because they knew full well when they signed off on it that it wasn't certified. I learned a lot about that too. This was not certified. And I want to bring in uh, James Cameron here who spoke with ABC News on this for like an hour and a half and I was mesmerized by what he had to say. James Cameron, obviously, uh, he directed the Titanic. He directed the Avatar films, but he's been down to the wreck of the Titanic 33 times. He's been on more than 70 submarine Missions? Sure, we can Just call it like a mission. This? It's a fucking around trip is what it is, but well, it's, we can call it a mission. What was the title of the expert that you just referenced? He was a nuclear submarine pilot or something like that. So we talked to him for 30 seconds, and then we talked to James Cameron for an hour and a half. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I don't think nuclear but, submarine experts are supposed to go on ABC and talk about nuclear subs. Yeah, no, I well. mean, when you can get James Cameron to talk about it, who does know a lot about the engineering involved, it was really interesting, and he was not a fan of this from the get-go. I'm struck by the similarity of the Titanic disaster itself, where the captain was repeatedly warned about ice ahead of his ship, and yet he steamed at full speed into an ice field on a moonless night, and many people died as a result. And for a very similar tragedy where warnings went unheeded to take place at the same exact site, I think it's just astonishing. It's really quite surreal. He's not wrong. Hey, listen, they probably shouldn't have been there, but they decided to go there. It wasn't a safe sub by the sounds of it. They went anyway. They signed a waiver saying we won't sue you if we go. And and that's fine. These things happen that way. I think because people saw others go down and come back, they thought it was safe. Turns out it was never safe. Like this vessel should have never been going down that far. It no. was thousands of feet lower than a regular military submarine travels at. They can't even go down that low because of the risk of implosion. So this was kind of like just an accident waiting to happen. There, and he goes on to talk about the other uh, people in, that are in this community, if you will, that had been writing letters. Actually, do we have that too? I'll let him, uh, okay, we don't have that, okay. He's explaining that other people in that community had been writing letters to Ocean Gate, t- asking them, hoping that they'll stop and not and not go forward with these missions knowing that it was probably a death mission for someone and it was like a roll of the dice of which one's gonna it's gonna kill basically it just happened to be this crew there's people who are taking this in a bunch of different directions would you want to die doing what you love which apparently these people did would you waste the money spend all that money for something that there's a very good chance you're not going to survive these people went into it willingly 
and the worst happened. But no one can really be that surprised about it because they wanted to do it. When you say there's a really good chance, like what are the odds, though? Like, what's the percentage that you're going to... Because to me, like, a really good chance means, like, more than 50% chance you're going to die doing it. Which, if they told me that, I'd be like, absolutely not. He, here's why we don't have that answer, because it's not certified. They don't have yeah. enough data. They didn't have enough data to even tell you what your odds were, because they hadn't taken enough trips in this specific submarine. It, James Cameron even said it. I don't even want to call it that. It, it's not the same as anything he's ever traveled on. This is a different machine. I wonder what the depth of the waiver is. In that case, oh boy, you know, like, is it like when when you when you do like a zip line at the CNE and they're just like, hey, just sign this, so you, <laughs> and then they, then they clip you in three times and be like, there you go. Or when you do that big bungee one at Wonderland, I wonder if it's similar to that waiver or if it's a lot more detailed. Because honestly, if they had laid out odds to me, I don't know if there's much that I would want to risk if if it's over five percent chance that you're going to die. Yeah. If they say there's a five percent chance you're not going to survive this, I'd be like then I'm going to leave my two feet in a heartbeat on the ground. I'm not going anywhere near that. You can spin odds any way you want. They could say we have a 100% success rate because no one's died so far. But now five people have been killed, which grossly changes the odds. Sure. But going into it, is there... Like, let's say you wanted to bungee jump, Scott. If you wanted to bungee jump and they said, all right, well, one in 10 people don't survive, you probably go, I think I'm going to skip this one. Yeah. If it's one or if it's one in a hundred people don't survive, are you gonna do it? No. If it's one in a thousand, are you gonna do it? Absolutely. I didn't even want the fucking vaccine. You see what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm paranoid about this shit. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like going in to know that that there's a chance that this that this happens. And what do you gain from it when you go down there? Like you get to just see it? Well, the it's messed like, up thing is is it's like a TV screen, apparently. Yeah, you're not, not actually you looking at it with your eyes. It's not like a like a cruise ship that has windows. It's yeah. not. It's just like a, you're in a container sitting on a ground, essentially, that they made this makeshift area with people looking on a screen at the Titanic. You could just look at the fucking screen anywhere of Titanic. <laughs> I could pull it up right now on YouTube if you want. I, it boggles my mind. I saw the funniest TikTok of a guy just making fun of the whole thing in a way because he's like, you're paying a quarter million dollars to go down there. Why didn't they just fake it? Like, yeah, we're, we're entering the depths of the ocean now. <laughs> Check the screen. Here's the hull of the Titanic. It's like when you're, you're, you're a kid and they make a fort for you. And they're like, all right. Oh, the rocket yeah. ship's rumbling. Right? Oh. <laughs> and they're like shaking a yes. box. And you're like, oh, God, I'm yes. going to the moon. They put you in the laundry basket and put yeah. like a roller coaster image on it. Like, you're on a roller coaster, yeah. kid. Green That's screen it. Basically, it, but for adults. But it did break my heart reading. I mean, I don't know if it's truthful, but the aunt of, uh, of the guy that brought his son, his like 19 year old oh, yeah. son. I feel bad for that him. That was a sad. Because he said he didn't want to go, right? Yeah. yeah. If she's, I mean, we don't know what the truth, I don't know what the truth is, but what she's saying is that he didn't want to go. He did it just because it, it was a dream for his dad. So he agreed to go because obviously dad has the money. Come with me, son. Like, that sucks. Yeah. That's like, I don't know what else to say about that. That's, that makes me sad to think that this guy apparently was kind of terrified, the 19 year old. Like he was a little terrified of the whole thought of it, but his dad's like, it'll be fine. I have a healthy respect through fear for two things, space and the ocean. Yeah. I do not. To me, the infinite silence of space scares me. I because I, I don't like that weird silence where you just all of a sudden can't hear anything. Mm -hmm. That freaks me out. The ocean is very similar to that. That is an entire universe that is not mine to, to no. be in. And when a shark eats a person or you know, something crazy go happens, I'm always like, yeah, 
I get it. That's the shark's home. That's not for us. What shark has never attacked somebody on Young Street. It has never happened. No. But they do attack people in the ocean because we're on their territory. Fuck around and find out. Thank yeah. you. Isn't that what they say? Yes. Right? You play those games, you get those prizes. I, yeah. And I'm just like, I watch those, you know, when David Attenborough does the, like the under underwater, like world of the ocean and, and they're showing these creatures that you're like. I've never seen anything like that ever in my life, <laughs> and I'm mortified by it. And they go, these things only live in the deepest, darkest areas of the ocean, and, and they pop out, and it's got, like, fangs coming <laughs> out of its cheeks, and yeah. you're like, ah! <laughs> Like, it's nightmare-inducing stuff. Like, And I'm, I'm just so respectful of the ocean i like i barely like going in the ocean on vacation right because yeah. i'm like you know what i don't want to go too deep because this is not my space if a jellyfish gets me it's it's my fault not theirs yeah. i can't be mad at the jellyfish yeah i'm with you there i won't even do I, i'm really at the point now where i'm good if i never do a cruise ship never done a cruise ship not even interested i've never done one either i'm, I'm not i'm not interested in it i i don't want to be in that position of well fuck we're sinking like i i could have avoided this one thing I will say in defense of the cruise industry, I've done two. I did the Disney cruise when I was a teenager, and I did a Royal Caribbean cruise because a friend of mine was a cruise director. And, and boy, that employee discount is amazing. I'm sure it is. Oh, it's yeah. fucking great. You have to so, give a lot of your life to those cruise lines when you work on them. <laughs> right. It doesn't even feel like you're on water most of the time. It's just like you're indoors at the mall. They're yeah. so yeah. big and majestic, and it, it doesn't really feel like it. It is neat to be able to see seven islands or six islands in yeah. seven days. I mean, that part of it is cool. But I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I just, oh, man, I... I'd like to just allow the ocean to operate on its own. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to not interfere with its business and just be uh, be done with it. It scares it, me too. If you take a boat that was ours, we're not getting it back. It's now your boat mm-hmm. and we're not going to bother you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get upset about it. Coming up, we're going to talk about... <laughs> Don't get upset about it. Ocean. Don't get upset about it. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. (laughs) Coming up, we're going to talk about cursive writing and we're going to talk about the news, which is about to be blocked on Facebook and Instagram. That's coming up. But first off, I just want to spend a quick second on this because it was a hot topic on the Scott and Cat show today. Here's the situation. Waitress works her butt off serving a table. It was a group of guys. Bill was like $575 or something like that. They left her a $40 tip. Now, I would think a $40 tip is pretty good, but on a $500 plus bill, wow. not very good. Not it great. works out to a 7% tip. Mm. So the waitress thought, I don't want to get screwed over like this. I'm, it's probably going to cost me money to be at work because they tip so low on an expensive bill that by the time I tip out, I'm going to lose money. So she went back to the table, and this is why she's asking on Reddit if she's an asshole. She went back to the table and said, Hey, I just want to find out, is there anything wrong with my service? 
And they said, no, no, you did a great job. Their exact words were, you were amazing. She said, oh, well, I was looking at the tip and it's, it's like 7%. They all looked at each other and giggled. giggled. And she just walked away. Giggled. Like not giggled. even an answer of like, no. <laughs> like, I know, I know, sorry. Or do you have to say sorry? But that that begs the question, right? Some people giggle in an uncomfortable situation. Sure. I'll chalk it up to that. Yeah. Maybe they weren't trying to be mean to right. her. But either way, <laughs> it's, it's a weird tick. Like when somebody confronts <laughs> you, you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, I really don't like the way that you uh, you approach that situation. <laughs> 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 it seems funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when we did this story today. I thought for sure people were going to be angry. I thought people were going to be calling for those people's heads and ban them from restaurants forever. Oh, no. Is that what you thought? Yeah. You wouldn't believe how many people messaged in saying things like, well, tipping is optional or I'm on a budget. I can't afford to tip. It's a luxury to Mm -hmm. eat out for me and I can only eat out once a month. And if I'm not wasting my money on tips, I was actually shocked at how many people were saying that. But you know what? It's I get it with the world we're living in right now with the inflation being so high and the amount of people with their hand out for tips mm-hmm. specifically. Dining to me is one of those things though. I think that we, I think that it automatically comes with the territory. You know, you're going to tip a lot of people pointing out though, it is based on service for them. So they don't care that 20% should be what you give. If the server sucks, I'm not giving that. And that's fair. That's your, I don't know. I think that's fair. That's your money. If that server really was terrible, never came to your table or was rude or whatever it is, Absolutely, that could be like a consequence of being a bad server. But I obviously see the other side of it too, where that server also needs to pay out some people that work there. So if you don't tip them enough money, they literally have to pay out of pocket. Now here in Ontario, the wage went up a little bit for servers. Yeah. Was it fifteen fifty an hour or something like well, that? I don't think I, it's that much. That's here, what someone texted in. That's what someone texted in. You go ahead and look that up. But I do realize right now, everywhere you turn, don't you find like people are asking for tips? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, in places that I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out which jobs are tip are like tip worthy. Yeah, now. Like, and, and then you feel like an worthy. asshole if you I, don't tip. Yeah, yeah worthy is the wrong word, but like tip appropriate. Yeah, maybe is the better way to go. Like I, I went to, I will just say it. I went to Subway, yeah. and and they they have it built into the debit where yeah. it's like add a tip, and I go. I, I hate that because then I feel like I'm pressured into tipping yep. the person who made my sandwich. Which I, as far as I understand, that's their job. Their service wasn't exceptional. Yeah. But they didn't do a bad job. They made my sandwich as I requested. Yep. And if I said throw on a couple extra cucumbers, they did. But th- am I supposed to tip for that? But that's part of the job. Like you said, it really is part of the job. Yeah. But and you're I, with them for how long, right? How long did it take to make the sub? I'm not getting to two, know two them. and a half minutes. Yeah. It's not like they're serving. Like, that's why I feel like a table's a little bit different. When they're serving you and they're coming back to the table back and forth and you're asking for things, I feel like that's such a different thing than the same thing happened with, for me when I had a, a salad at a shawarma place, a shawarma salad. Tip option. I'm like, like I mean, I don't know. Seriously. And you know what? It, makes, it took two it, seconds. It's takeout. But doesn't it feel kind of like a like a guilt trip a little it bit? It is a guilt trip because a lot of these places are family run. Those small, like a like a shawarma shop, for example. Yeah. Um, they're usually not a gigantic chain. No. It's a small place, and you feel bad. You're like, oh man, maybe they're not paying that great. But isn't that why you give them your business? Yes. You know, that's like why that's I go and use their right? service. Like I mean, uh, putting so many things on top of that is like it's a weird thing for me. And I understand there's franchisees, you know, like that those owners they they want to make a little extra or help their employees make a little extra to keep the morale up. Maybe I don't know, but when it comes to the amount of money they make, I think 
if we take that aside completely, I understand why people aren't willing to always do the 20% thing and maybe can't always afford it, especially right now. Right. Absolutely. Especially right now. It's tough because everyone's asking for money. Do you think that being forced to tip deters people from eating out? Tipping? I, yeah. Well, I thought it would. I, I mean, to I, me, if I can't afford to tip, I can't afford you're to You're not doing out. it, right? If, if you said, if you thought, I've got a budget of $40, oh, there's no way that I'm going to be able to have my, my meal, you know, with my partner and tip with that, so... Because we're going to have I'll to split the antihedos. Yeah, or like, exactly. <laughs> like, either you're changing your what you do or you're changing, yeah, what you order, right? I would not go Most out if people. I couldn't leave a tip because, to me... I know that there's a lot of people that have got their hand out now and that's fine. Some people are getting it. I don't blame them. You're not going to get it unless you ask. And there's a lot more people asking from subway to the fucking dog walkers to the the dry cleaners to you name it. Everybody wants a tip now. So many texts on this, as Scott mentioned, when we talked about it on our show, one woman got her dress for her wedding, wedding dress over $2,000. When she went to pay, there was a tip option. Mm. And I've heard of this before for like seam seamstresses or anyone who's in, in that kind of business before. And that apparently happens a lot too at those places you t- like t- a tailor, essentially too. And then, but it just never used to be that way. That's why I have I had. That's why I understand why people are like what taken back a bit. Is it almost like a? It's I almost sometimes feel it's it's almost like a threat. Yeah. If you don't, is your service going to be less? Like for a tailor is a great example. If I go to get my pants hemmed and they're like, well. They didn't tip. I'm going to just make this one a little crooked. <laughs> like the left leg's a little shorter than the right leg. You know what? <laughs> Screw that guy. He didn't tip. Yeah. Now I'm kind of worried that, that it's a bit of a shakedown. Yep. It is a bit of a shakedown. But listen, the reason we had tipping in the first place was anybody could get a tip for exceptional service. And it was always voluntary. But we had in the past, and apparently we don't anymore. I didn't realize this. But in the past, we had a server minimum wage, liquor server minimum wage. And that was if you were serving alcohol, you would get a lower wage because customers were inclined to give tips. Well, that's blown up into a whole bunch of different industries. But if you want to cut down on the amount of tipping you do, fine. But it should not be at the expense of the original OG liquor servers who were originally getting paid. Now, as it turns out, as of October the 1st, Minimum wage goes up to sixteen fifty five an hour, and there is no more distinction between regular minimum wage and yeah. server minimum wage. There is a difference, though, between student minimum wage. You can pay them a little right. less. Okay. But listen, I don't think we would have many restaurants because they wouldn't have enough staff if all they made was sixteen fifty five an hour with no option to make tips. And- this is an industry where you can make a lot of money, but you got to hustle and you got to rely on your customers to do their part. You do, and I think that there is. A- from my experience dining out the last little while, and I've done that uh, quite a bit in the last few weeks, just getting together with friends and stuff, I feel like the that industry is kind of hurting for people. Yeah. I feel like it's short-staffed everywhere. Oh, staff-wise, yeah. Staff-wise. Because yeah, yeah. the money shit. Maybe that's why. But and then it does make you wonder if the t- if tipping's less than are people hearing this, especially hearing the comments we talked about today. And I, there's a ton of them as I look at these text messages on it of people saying, yeah, I don't feel guilty. I give five bucks no matter what I order. Like there was all kinds of texts like that. It does make you wonder if that's deterring people from wanting to be in that industry. How do you feel about the built-in gratuity if you hit a certain... certain Party number? uh, Not party number, but dollar level. Like I I was at a restaurant a couple of weeks ago and we all ended up paying separately and it was kind of expensive um, and the the gratuity was built in. So each of us paid the same amount. It ended up being a pretty good tip, I would think, if we 
had pooled the bills together, it would have been a pretty substantial tip. But they built it right in, and I guess that avoids the conversation of giving somebody too little. Or I mean, if you want to tip them more, you can, but you don't have to. That's the gratuity that's included, and I think it was 18%. Yeah, if you know in advance, I think that that's fully fair. And if you book a party, I know for a lot of places when you book a large party, and I did that not long ago, like 40 people or something, it was like, you have to give 18%. And that's what it was, actually, 18%. I had no problem with that. I said, absolutely. In fact, we gave more than 18% because they were they were awesome. As long as you're really upfront with that, I don't think it's a problem because then maybe it's better that way because then people can be completely clear. Like, whatever I'm ordering, it's plus 18%. Well, I, I think that there's a, a, a lot of blame to go around here for how we got to this point. So I'll just say a couple of things on this. Number one, most people don't seem to understand that you tip on the amount of the bill not the total, which includes taxes. Mm. Your tip is 20%. That's customary now. Don't hate the messenger. 20% is common now. That's the most common one. 15, bare minimum. Anything over 20 is a good tip. So you tip 20% on the total amount of your food and drinks, not the amount after tax. If you're tipping on the total amount, you're probably over tipping, which, hey, I'm sure the server's not complaining about that. So go ahead. When it comes to... The tip out. That's what I have a big problem with. It seems like at some point in the past, some very greedy restaurant owner or restaurateur decided, wow, these wait staff are making a lot of money. I got to figure out a way to get me a cut of that. So now we've ended up in a situation where it's not like, oh, I hustled my ass off in a 10 hour shift serving food and drinks and I made 200 bucks in tips. That's the way it used to be back in the day. Now everything has to go into a pool and and they split it with the bus boys and the kitchen staff and the expos and the hostesses and even the managers getting a cut of it in some cases. And I think that's wrong. If you paid the back of house people, everyone other than the actual servers, a proper wage, hey, hopefully you'll get enough people and that's the way it works. If someone earns tips, those are their tips. And if they want to share it with the bartender who's making drinks for them, that's on them. But nobody should be required to hand over all the money they just made extra and have to split it with a bunch of other people. Well, the expectations are different, right? Like a server is the face of your business. Yes. Right? The the person who's working in the back may be a a, a terrible people person and has just no no skills in that world. But if you're paying for that that interaction, that service, somebody who goes above and beyond and is considered exceptional is usually somebody who is very personable. Mm -hmm. If that person wouldn't be that person, is it fair to split with them? Right. I think they should get rid of it. Just to clarify the tip out thing. So it's a percentage of your food sales or your drink sales. Right. So just as an example, you order a bunch of cocktails and you're doing this and that. It's a percentage of food that's going to go to, for some reason, like the host, which I always liked when I was a hostess at a restaurant because I got cash every week, which was great. Um, It's a smaller percentage, but you get, every restaurant's different. But for, for me, I remember it was host it was Expo. That's the person in the back that kind of sets up the garnishes and adds the sauces and the gravies and all those things to your plates for your table. They should pay those people better anyway, uh, but they're usually servers. So they're on their server wage. And then the bartender is a percentage of your drink sales. So it's not like you ha- if you got tipped nine, if you made $900 in a night, holy shit, you don't have to give that money away. It's just a percentage of whatever your food and drink sales were. And it's it's not that big of a percentage, but it makes a huge difference if no one tips you. So if no one right? tips you, you could if, actually if you be like out of shit, pocket. Exactly. So bottom line is upsell that garlic bread. Ups, oh, upsell, upsell, upsell. But I agree with you, Scott. I think that that, I wish that that wasn't a thing. Like you wish you could fit, they could figure out and some probably have, I'm assuming like the more like the mom and pop restaurants maybe have figured it out better than the chains, but the big chains are still doing it that way. 
And there's a lot of managers who are taking a lot of money out of servers' pockets for doing that, too. Well, and I'm not saying manager managers don't do anything. Get it. Uh, I know a few managers oh, that are getting Okay, it. I was going to say, okay, so know. maybe there are some that are set up that way. Or some managers that are also part-time on the floor to help out, okay. who apparently need to be in the tip-out. Oh, that's not fair. I don't like that. It's total bullshit. Um, okay, so listen, we didn't reach a consensus on this, and I don't <laughs> no. think we will, because everybody's <laughs> Every, got their hand out. Honestly, yeah. uh, it, it seems like that is the case, though. I do sense that, though, is that the, the, the majority of people that message us on this so far are saying, yeah, I don't tip as much because I don't have as much money right now. Have Suck you ever been tipped up. for the podcast? Never once. Never. We were joking about that. Like, tip us today 25%, but then we realized 25% of free is nothing. Yeah, so. 25% of zero. <laughs> yeah, it's still zero, isn't it? Isn't that funny? Like, but but there, are, there are streams and there are people who are doing that and they'll set up Patreons and yes. they'll set up, uh, you know, yep. uh, tip accounts where you yep. can just drop a nickel in, drop yeah, a dollar in, that kind of thing. I, I'm like, wow, that's... Ask okay. I feel I would feel terrible asking for that. You know, I almost don't want to ask because I don't want to see what the answer is. We could put out that, oh, hey, if you want to leave a tip for the podcast. But when we open up our bank account one day and see like $6 in there, I'm going to think, oh, fuck, I'd rather not have known. <laughs> I don't need six bucks that bad. Now I just feel like an asshole. <laughs> right? You know? So anyway, uh, let's move on. This was something that, and I don't remember the last time, we had basically unanimous consent on something like this. But we put it out there this morning because it came up yesterday. Education Minister Stephen Lecce says cursive writing is going to return as mandatory curriculum starting this September in Ontario schools. He says the research has been very clear. Cursive writing is a critical life skill in helping young people to express more substantively and to think critically and ultimately to express more authentically. It's new language curriculum. Not only are we bringing back cursive writing, they're also bringing back phonics. For those who don't know, that's the art of sounding out a word as opposed to just memorizing a word and what the word is. Uh, one of the things they point out there is it goes back to a report last year from the Ontario Human Rights Commission, which said Ontario's public education system is failing students that have reading disabilities by not using evidence-based approaches. And we have a lot of evidence-based stuff that says learning phonics is a more, much more effective way to learn how to read. So can you... And so far, everybody doesn't have a problem with this. Even the teachers who texted in this morning were actually okay with oh, this. Oh, they're totally happy with it. On the phonics thing, because I don't think I asked about this, where is that implemented? Is that right in kindergarten right away? Or is this like later? I assume it'd be in kindergarten because that's when they're learning to they're learning to, to read. But there's a lot of sight words, which is why I bring that up. Because for for my daughter's curriculum, it's a lot of sight words, and I noticed that less phonics. Until you said that, I didn't realize it wasn't even in the program. At some point, this is the way I see it and the way I remember it. Because I learned phonics, I remember hooked on phonics. It was a whole Works theme that I did in years. Yeah. You know, and and somebody raised an objection by holding up a word like. Through. Yes. T-H-R-O-U-G-H. I just typed that exact example on my phone. So some person, an extremely short-sighted and probably stupid person, <laughs> held up the word through and said, see, phonics doesn't work. And we upended the whole fucking system and oh. said, okay, well, we're going to have to start getting kids to memorize words because phonics doesn't work, but, which is total bullshit. <laughs> it works most of the time. Ha, but that is such a great example, though, and I'd love to have this conversation because the word through, T-H-R-O-U-G-H, like as I'm going through the tunnel... What's the sound of the GH? There's nothing. <laughs> if I said though, so I take out the, the R, T-H-O-U-G-H, though, nothing. Mm -hmm. But if I said tough, T-O-U-G-H, yeah. it's an F sound. 
Yeah. How am I supposed to remember that? Yeah. Well, and you know, there's a million examples. A like, million examples. Uh, yeah. Hey, check out my knife, which has a K at the beginning. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That, of course, doesn't work with phonics either. There's exceptions to every rule, but generally speaking, this is a good lesson for people to learn in life on how to figure out a word they've never seen before. Does it work every time? No. That was a flaw in phonics or a Even flaw in the English language. It's the phonics. English language. The English language, though, is really messed up. It and, is. And that's the worst. And it's not yeah. until, like, for me, because I, I don't... Re- I don't recall learning how to read, for example. Like that was so far long, long ago. But now that I'm at the stage where I am teaching someone how to read, Humble and brag, she has, by the way, she's been reading for a while. I've been uh, reading for a, a hot minute. I'm a pretty big deal. <laughs> a hot minute. No, but now that I'm teaching someone how to read, she's asking questions that are absolutely valid. Like, why do we have a C and a K in our alphabet? Don't they both kind of do the same thing? And I said, you're fucking right. They do. You're absolutely right. Okay, but they also do something different when you combine them. See, I don't like, yeah, like, I don't know, because you could have made it so that they, no, I don't like it. Like, I don't like that's it. That's an English problem, not a phonics it, problem. English, Sounding oh, it out I still mean. teaches that's you That's why I word. say, I think that the English language is where we get screwed. But like, what, like phone, phonics, whatever, use that word as the example here. PH is doing the work of the F who's just sitting on the sideline doing nothing. Yeah, why don't we just throw the F yeah. in there? I don't get it. We're why do we take the F out? We are talking about- Get a, the F out of yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> we are talking about a generation of people that think- uh, Though is T-H-O. And they all understand it, even though that's not a fucking word. This is a generation that lives on acronyms from the internet, like LOL, R-O-T-F-L. Like, they're very highly adaptable to learning new things. We just have to present them to them in a different way. I think phonics is absolutely the way we should go. And, And even the Human Rights Tribunal has ruled that we fucked a lot of people over over the last 20 years. I find it interesting. Like, Gen Z is in such an interesting spot then because it's like they've already been through, for the most part, all all their schooling. And now it's like Alpha, I believe, is this upcoming generation is going to be learning it. So they're going to be in like a weird spot where they don't understand cursive, but everybody else around them does on either side. If I understand it, so the English language, it takes pieces of other languages, right? Sure. And that's why, like, the Greek, PH, is is used right. in our words and because a lot of it's loosely translated by other languages or from other languages. So that's why those kind of connections are made, even though they don't by eyesight make a lot of sense. When the right. F is standing on the sidelines and GH or PH is doing the work for it. We've also adapted a lot from Latin as well. So yeah. Greek alphabet with Latin ended up with English. I don't fucking know. But either way, I mean, this is the system we have. But right. you're right about that lost generation. My son... In university now, I'm working on his car insurance renewal. He had to sign the papers, and I printed them off so he could sign them, rather than use, like, Adobe fill-in sign or one of the apps on your phone. He can't write cursive. This is an adult in their young 20s that can't read or write in cursive. I said, sign your name here. He printed it. I said, sign it. He's like, I did. That's all he knows. Wow. Wow. If he were walking down the street and saw one of those menu sandwich boards outside advertising some great drink special, those are written in cursive. He would have no fucking clue what that sign says. Isn't that something? He never watched his dad practice his signature. Scott would just sign things randomly. Take this to school and give it to one of your friends. I memorized my mom's and then I got caught. (laughs) Oh, really? And then I got in trouble. Yeah, I had to be in the principal's office for like a week during lunch hour. Did your mom find out? Yeah. She told me, you should have told me you wanted to skip. I would have just signed something for you. Yeah, dummy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a degenerate too. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask a question about the cursive though? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I understand that. Yeah, sure, it's a skill, but as a as an adult, I don't find other than signing my name, I ever use cursive. Oh well, I make notes every single morning during the show, and I handwrite them. Now my cursive has gone downhill because there was very little need for it, like you said. I think everyone's has. This is a bit of a hybrid. It's a hybrid. It's half written yeah. ha- or half printed and yeah. half cursive. So I'm kind of all over the place, but it's also my name looks almost exactly the same written in cursive or in print form anyway. Yeah. Scott's an easy one. Yeah, you don't have a you don't have a lot of flair to the signature. You don't need no. it. It's pretty straightforward. I asked Kat to write a sentence this morning. Ooh, grade you the paper. You need to brush up on your skills before pay, you teach it, it the next generation, Kat. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, actually. I was, it wasn't bad. I wasn't I unimpressed. I just don't write in cursive, as you can tell. I think maybe we would a little bit more if it was a skill that our kids were practicing. I like and stuff. it. Can where I do I like have a, to? I, where, it's I, like to me, it's like algebra. Well, yeah. Where am I going to use this as an adult? I've never used it once in my life. I've never done calculus outside of. Yeah. If you're in a profession that uses it, sure. That's great. the but thing that, is there are, person, like, there are a few who I, take notes constantly, for example, like some industries, right? You're taking notes constantly. Maybe those, maybe you write in cursive, maybe you don't. But other than that, you're in front of a computer and a laptop and stuff like that. I think what they're trying to do is create a well-rounded educational experience. To your point, Dave, yeah. I have never once felt the need to play the goddamn fucking recorder. <laughs> but I distinctly remember they made me do it for a whole semester in school mm. and I thought, this is a waste of time. What the hell are we doing <laughs> Did here? Did you choose the recorder, by the way? No, it was assigned to oh, me. Oh no, that sucks, eh? But I was also the one who stood up and said, I don't understand why we're doing music class. Isn't there something practical yeah. that we could be learning here? This is silly, because I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And they got sick of arguing with me, so they sent me to the gym and said, go do whatever you want, really. <laughs> He's playing dodgeball by, by himself. himself. Yeah. yeah. I won. Uh, I won. Putting a ball against the wall. <laughs> ah, shit. We're so low on time here. Okay. So just quickly, the federal bill that would require Google and Meta to pay media outlets for news content that Google and Meta users share on their platforms is about to become law. And neither of these companies is happy about it. The Senate has passed the bill in a final vote. They're now just waiting for the governor general to sign it. Royal assent. And then it is the law. So this has created a standoff between the federal government and the tech companies because the federal government wants Google and Meta and everybody else to start paying CTV and global and mm-hmm. city whenever somebody shares a link on Facebook or Instagram or whatever because they're claiming that's content and you're using the publisher's content on your platform. Many would argue a link is not content, but whatever, we don't need to have that debate today. Either way, Facebook called their bluff and said, well, we're not paying, so fuck it. We're just gonna delist all the news. So all the news is gone from Facebook. I It will I, be as soon as this is law law, which I believe it. they said by fall, all of the news content will be off their platform. So what do you do as a, I mean, we have global as one of our, have they said what their plan is or do they even have a plan or they're just saying at this point, screw it, we'll figure something else out. Like, well, how do you, how do you work that as a news company? They'll probably spend today trying to figure it out unless Dave has seen some memos that we're not privy to, but they're probably going to spend the next couple This question is while. for you, Dave. We would like to know. I, I just want to point out before you we get know- to you and John Global text off. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do want to point out, though, that the, it, it, this isn't really that big a deal for the major news outlets. CBC, the, not a single person's going to lose their job to layoffs because of this. I'm thinking about the smaller news outlets, the even as simple as like the blog TOs of the world. Mm. You know, I mean, it's been a very simple formula until now in the digital area. We publish a story and and there's room for ads in there. And people who buy those remnant ads on Google or Facebook, those ads may appear in our article. But either way, we monetize the content that we write. 
And Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, they'll be used to link to those stories so more people can see it. Well, now that they're taking the news content off mm-hmm. of those platforms, far less people are going to view those news articles, which is dramatically going yes. to cut their ad revenue. And I don't know yeah, if the government really understood how things were working now. They just saw an opportunity and they saw the tech companies making billions of dollars and saw the media companies losing and said, oh, well, we've got to level the playing field. And the tech companies, they have no obligation to do it. If Canada said, fuck Facebook, we're not allowing it in Canada anymore, they wouldn't really care. It's not that big a market for them. I I kind of look at this like a, a, a blessing and a curse. I think social media made news um, harder to identify because there's so many people who would go on social media and wouldn't know the difference between a credible sourced news outlet and something like, I swear to God, this is realfactsnews.ca. You know, so people started sharing everything and anything that they believed. And it mm-hmm. just became that confirmation bias where nobody is is really looking at the source of this stuff. And it all started to become equal yeah. and equal playing field. It, it's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 agenda stuff and, and the, the bipartisan stuff. And uh, it was just how do we identify all of this? And, and I think social media actually made it harder for people to identify a news story, uh, fake news. This is fake news. Well, fake news became something you just don't agree with. If you don't agree with what it is, oh, it's fake news. Yeah. And it got, I mean, it's a both very ways, different. Though. Oh, a hundred percent. The government's ways. just as guilty of quote unquote fake news. Bo- I mean, both of them are playing the game. Uh, I, I just think that if I'm going to look for a silver lining, I kind of like to just see dog pictures on Facebook. Do I want to see your, your idiotic views that, really not well sourced i know that this is like a, and i know it's different too I'm, i know we don't have a lot of time here at all but everybody gives content to facebook you give content yeah to facebook, everything you post and you is, give content yeah. to facebook everything you so when once you start that argument i mean and then also my other question is what defines news is an opinion piece of news no no right it's not, so you know what i'm saying though but how do you but, but see, people treat it like it people is. treat it like it is right so maybe that's one of the reasons why but i mean we could have more conversations on this as this goes because we know it's not going anywhere either way the whole thing has been bungled start to finish if i were justin trudeau right now i'd be phoning the governor general saying don't sign that yet i think we got to go back to the drawing board and refigure this out i don't think the tech companies are opposed to investing a little bit of money into having that content on their platform but the fact that I go on Facebook and without Mark Zuckerberg's permission, post a link to a global news story. All of a sudden, Mark Zuckerberg goes global money. That's bullshit. It's not like they're putting up the content. Users are putting up the content. And I don't understand why we haven't drawn that distinction yet. It's not content on the site. It's a link. I... When did that become valuable like that? It became valuable when businesses started using Facebook as the their websites mm-hmm. and as the landing page for information. Like I remember the first time I saw, I want to say it was Sprite. I could be wrong, but I remember the first time I saw an ad and they had their, their URL at the bottom and it just said facebook.com slash Sprite. And I was like, what? You don't have Sprite.com? And I might be wrong. It's not Sprite, but... I was just floored by that. And yeah. then I started seeing it more often that Facebook then became the the home of information because people would rather get it there than they would by going to somebody else's website. It was just, uh, it's, it's very muddy. Okay. When I am publishing a story to, I don't know, 915thebeat.com, I want that story to get clicks and likes and yeah. things like that. I rely on people who do a Google search to be able to be linked to that page. 
Now, the fact that Google has a link to the article I've written, that's not content on Google. I don't know why Google would have to pay Global for a story or 91.5 The Beat for that story. It's crazy to me. So the whole thing, it was so contentious when they were debating it. Now it's finally law. And what everyone predicted from the beginning happened on the very first day. They were like, all right, we're out. Fuck it. See you later. <laughs> now where are we at? Like, they've got to go back and fix this. I don't understand why there wasn't just proper consultation with all of the stakeholders in the first place. It's all great that CBC and CTV are going to get their links still. Fine. Doesn't really matter. They'll get them in some way. They'll get their hits. But what about BlogTO, NarCity, all these other smaller news providers that are independent, not getting any subsidies? They relied on those links, and they're going to miss out on it now. Twitter we go. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody, we got to go. But first, do we owe any apologies? To, that's probably a stupid question. Obviously, we do. Yeah, there's a few to go through here. Sorry to Alejandro Kirk, because my four-month-old is faster around the bases than he is. Uh, we'd like to apologize to the ocean. Just the ocean. <laughs> we won't bug you. <laughs> we, we like, we're going to start leaving you alone. Yeah. Regrets to those who love a good cruise ship. So sorry to people with a giggle reflex. Uh, we took a lot of time on you today. Tippers and tippies, you deserve a sincere apology from us, but no extra tip. Very sorry to anybody who likes to write their curses in cursive. Um, <laughs> thorough apologies to I swear to God, this is real factnews.com. Um, and apologies to Mike Tyson. Not for any reason in particular, but just because it's a good idea. I love Mike Tyson. Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> Bye.